Our second scripture is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as God chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. Amen. With all this talk of bodies in the scripture and in our liturgy and in our singing, I thought before we moved into the sermon, I'd take a moment so that we could just kind of get settled in and grounded in our own bodies. So wherever you are online here in the room, I just invite you to get comfortable where you're seated. Maybe take a few breaths. Pay attention to your breathing, your breathing in and your breathing out. You're breathing in and you're breathing out. Our body does this, our breathing, without us even thinking about it. 
wherever you are, feel how you are supported even now. I'm standing. I imagine many of you are sitting on your chair, on your pew, on your couch. Feel the contact, the ways you are supported by the chair, supported by the floor, supported by the earth, connected to the earth and all creation. We are together, here and now. Holy God, we thank you for these bodies. May we be open and receptive to your word already alive in us. Amen. In this morning's scripture, the Apostle Paul is working a metaphor, the metaphor of the body. Just as the body has many members, so it is with Christ. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. It is an important metaphor for Paul. He's writing to a community he loves, a community that is divided against itself, the members contending with each other over just about everything. And in this letter to them, in what we call First. Corinthians, the Apostle Paul goes through their issues one by one, dispute after dispute, and it all builds to this metaphor. You are one body. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And then Paul works that metaphor, works it for all the meaning he can find, all the blessing he can find urgently for this community he loves. You are one body. But before we can enter into the Apostle Paul's metaphor, the metaphor of the body, and try to find meaning there for us today, we may have some cultural clutter of our own that we need to clear away first. Cultural clutter that weighs down our bodies and how we think of them. We might start with naming whatever baggage we may be carrying. I know I've spent a good part of my life thinking of the things my body can't do, much more than I've celebrated the things my body can. I've shared this before. I can't dribble a basketball. I'm not particularly good at catching objects that are flying fast toward me or batting them away. I don't list excellent hand-eye coordination on my resume. But in the past few years, I've discovered that I am sturdy, and I have a good bit of steady stamina. I can hike big hills and long distances. Who knew? Our culture assaults us with all sorts of unhealthy messages about our bodies. Media and advertisers fill our screens with images trying to sell us a very narrow range of body image and body type along with a distorted understanding of beauty and of health. They tend to lift up one unattainable body type at the expense of celebrating the broad and beautiful, beautiful diversity of bodies of every size and shape and ability. Those dominant images too often lift up European descended bodies at the expense of bodies of color. color feeding cultural bias and systems that denigrate black and brown bodies. Those dominant images also tend to favor youth 
without also celebrating what I might call wisdom bodies. Bodies that hold the knowledge of a life lived maybe with a few scars, but also with the muscle memory of what it is to live and to love. Wisdom bodies that can help other bodies find our way to life. And it's not just the secular culture around us. Unfortunately, there are far too many strands of religion that for far too long have used shame to control our bodies and our lives. Far too many religious traditions, including some forms of Christianity, suggest that our bodies are a problem to be corrected, that our bodies are less than worthy and should be hidden away. Too many strands of religion have harmed and tried to control women's bodies. And those of us in the LGBTQIA community, we know what it is like to have religion and the culture around us say that our bodies and our lives should be kept out of sight and hidden away. We call that the experience of the closet. Culture is not often friendly to our bodies, and these religious traditions that denigrate the body unfortunately draw on the ancient patriarchal cultures reflected in Scripture and perpetuate them on into our day. But, but if we go to the heart of Scripture and look across Scripture at how God relates to our bodies, we find there a very different understanding. From the very beginning, God creates us, all of us, bodies and all, in God's own image. There at the beginning, God shapes us from the earth with her own hands and breathes life into us and calls us and all creation good. Psalm 139 affirms that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has knit us together in our mother's womb, our bodies intricately woven in the depths of the earth. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are God's own work. This, the psalmist says, we know full well. Throughout the scriptures, God is at work in and for our bodies. God liberates our bodies from slavery and from captivity and from our own misadventure. Jesus shows up in a body. God's word made flesh in our flesh, full of grace and truth. And Jesus then moves through the world, healing bodies, restoring vision and movement and life. Jesus, with his body, enters into the fullness of life, even death, and brings us through life into a new creation in what the Apostle Paul calls the resurrection of the body. We are embodied beings created by and loved by God. Our body, the threshold of our body is where we encounter life. Our body is the threshold where we encounter God. Think about it. Everything you have accomplished in your life, you have accomplished in your body. Every experience, every adventure, every chapter of your life, you have lived all that in your body. Every meal we've prepared, every taste, every scent, every child we've raised, everything we have learned along the way, every emotion, every joy, every sorrow, every anxiety, every sense of deep peace, we've experienced all that in our bodies. The full range the exhilarating and the exhausting. 
Our bodies are where we experience illness. I'm aware right now of my own body's recent experience of COVID and of isolation and of recovery and of healing. I think of my dad's leukemia in his body and the suffering there and the love we experienced in the care for each other in our bodies. Every love you have lived, every friendship you have nurtured, every hand you have held, you have done that in your body. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Our body, the threshold of our body, is where we encounter our life. Our body is the threshold where we encounter God. Celtic Christian spirituality has a deep sense of this God present in all things, including our embodied lives. And so Celtic spirituality includes daily prayer for the body, for the eyes and ears and hands. Bless these eyes and all that they will see. Bless these ears and all they will hear. Bless these hands and all that they will touch this day. Celtic prayer expects God to show up every day in and all around our bodies, our bodies imbued with the presence of God, the place where we experience God and the place where God touches and blesses the world. Settling into our bodies like that, our bodies as the threshold where we are always poised to encounter God, we can now move together into the Apostle Paul's metaphor. Just as the body has many members, so it is with Christ. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Paul is writing to this community. He loves writing into all their challenges and strife. And he says, remember, you are the body of Christ. He is reminding them of what together they have come to believe about Christ. For Paul, God has poured the spirit of Christ into the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is where God is at work in the world. And our bodies, our bodies, are members of that one body. Our body is the threshold where we encounter God. The body of Christ, our bodies together in one body, is where the world encounters God. Notice what Paul says next. First, the body of Christ honors all bodies. Each body honored uniquely for the gifts and grace we each bring into the world. The hand brings to the body what only the hand can bring the grace of a gentle touch. The eye brings what only the eye can bring, a vision of the world as it is, and maybe, maybe even of how it might be. The ear brings what only the ear can bring, attentive listening. Each body within the one body brings what only we can bring. Each body is honored, and not even our own unhealthy self-image can interfere with that. The Paul, Apostle Paul takes on our baggage. The eye doesn't get to say, oh, I'm not a hand. I don't belong here. I'm not a part of the body. We look to what we can do. 
We honor our own body, uniquely created and gifted, bringing to the world what only we can bring, what only you can bring, you and me and all of us. And then the Apostle Paul pulls all of that together through the din of their discord. Paul says, all of these bodies, all of your bodies, all of our bodies, we are one body. We are interconnected. We are interdependent. If one suffers, all suffer. If one is honored, we all rejoice. We can't be who we are without every body there. We need each other. If we didn't have each other, or if we were all the same, Paul asks, where would the body be? Our body is the threshold where we encounter God, the body of Christ, Our bodies together in one body is where the world encounters God. This body, this is where Christ is coming to life in the world right now. And we are a part of that. Howard Thurman speaks of this in terms of the growing edge. In embodied language, he speaks of life in a weary world where we strain to see the signs of life, that one more breath for the exhausted lung, then one more thing to try when all else has failed, the upward reach of when weariness closes in on all endeavor. Even so, Thurman writes, all around us, life is being born. The roots are at work deep in the earth. Life is being born. Look to the growing edge. We live in a weary time. This time of pandemic, we have run this race of pandemic with endurance and with grace, and it seems like every time we glimpse the end, the finish line gets moved farther away. We can feel that in our bodies. And even so, as we've moved through this pandemic together, we have grown strong together. Our work now, living in this body, strong and steady and fierce, is to look for the growing edge, that place where even now, Christ is coming alive in the world. In her book, The Deepest Belonging, Kara Root talks of thresholds as liminal spaces, where what we have known has faded away and what lies ahead is not yet within our grasp. In those thresholds, she says, what remains is us and God. From the clutter of our world, the Apostle Paul calls us into the threshold of the body, our bodies together, the body of Christ, a body where every body is valued, where every body has something to bring, where together we live a life of mutuality and love, the Spirit of Christ poured into and alive in us. As we settle into that body with deeper awareness, the invitation is to look to the growing edge and to live life there. Just as the body has many members, so it is with Christ. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Together, the body of Christ, may God bless our arms that they will stretch wide to welcome all whom God loves, our hands that they will be filled with God's healing touch, 
May God bless our feet that they might run with endurance the race that is set before us. May God bless our eyes and ears and hearts that they might be open and attentive to the needs of the world. May God bless our bodies, fearfully and wonderfully made, that together, as one body, we might bless the world God.